You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Januda and Lawson. It is 8.05 a.m. And, Lawson, we have our next quiz question as well. It's another short one, which is really good. It's a fill-in-the-blanks this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you read that one out for us? Yes, please? I've got it. I've got it right in front of my very eyes here. Here we go. Complete the verse. The harvest is truly great, but the blank, blank, blank. If you know what those blanks are, well, hey, 0491-064-669. That is the number two text, if you know the right answer. And you go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week, 13 Weeks to Joy by Jennifer Jill Schwerz. You guys have been playing all morning, and we want to encourage you to keep playing, keep getting answers in that are correct, they're incorrect. Just put, Just write us something. You might get it right. Even if you don't know, just just send us something. We also encourage, you know, if you are a regular church attender, so if you go to church every single week, then don't open the Bible, you know, just try and uh, use that big brain of yours. But if you're not a regular church attender, you know, we, we give you some license to do a little bit of research and to find out what these answers are. Cause we not get that you... we would know at this end, if, if you've researched it or if you yeah, know that's right. it. It's an, we it's just an encourage you. Encourage you in that space, but absolutely. Yeah, um, hey. We're actually watching. Faith FM has resources. <laughs> we, we're in your homes. We're, nah, just kidding. Um, complete the verse. The harvest, the harvest truly is great, but the blank, blank, blank. 0491-064-669. That is the number to text if you know the answer. And absolutely. And I just want to say that sometimes, um, you know, we have a lot of listeners that listen in and maybe a bit hesitant about texting in because they think we're going to be making a whole pile of contact back to you. We actually make the contact with you only if you request it in that way or if you actually, or if you basically, um, you know, answer um, quiz questions and you go in the draw. Of course, for us to get that prize to you, then we make contact with you. But otherwise, it's not like we're going to be, you know, sometimes, do you get that sometimes, Lawson? Like, you know, you sign in for something with your email, like, you know, from the shops or something, and then suddenly you're just getting piles of emails and oh, piles, or even sometimes the text messages. And that's the sort of thing that we don't do with Faith FM at all. And so we want to encourage you if you want to just play or text in or just give us, you know, what you love about Faith FM. Um, you know, we've got a couple here that even like David says, a very good morning to you, Januta and Lawson from David. This was early this morning as well. Um, and another one here also from Wayne saying the same, you know, good morning and blessings to us. So, you know, just little things or birthdays. You know, we did a shout out earlier to Luc- oh, yeah. Lucianne um, for her birthday, 18th birthday. I hope it's going really well. So, yeah, if you want us to do any shout outs like that. And what was the town again that we actually did a shout out to this morning? We were in Henty, New South Wales. Yes, Hen- which is just not far from Wagga Wagga That's and right. Albury. Just, just north of Wagga Wagga there. So, just south of Wagga Wagga, north of Albury, in the middle. Um, it's an area that I've never been to before because it's kind of like if you if you look at the the freeway that goes down to like Melbourne, mm-hmm. that that one goes through As like in from Sydney, from say Sydney, where, yeah, yeah it's right. like that goes through you know Melbourne. Uh, sorry, it goes through like Holbrook and you know yeah. all, down to Albury. This is like if you're at Albury and you decided to go instead of east, if you decided to go west, you jump on the freeway up to 
to Wagga Wagga from Albury. And it's just, mm. just along there. And it, as I said, it's a classic little town, a bit of a grid, which I love. I'm like, dude, these small grid towns, like, it's, that's just, we're in one at the moment. Shout out Curry Curry. But, uh, oh. yeah, Henty, New South Wales, you know, I hope everyone down there is living their best lives. And hey, if you're from Henty or you've been to Henty, let us know, you know, some of the surrounding regions as well, Wagga Wagga, Albury, where, wherever it may be. Absolutely. And hey, I just love what Brad shared with us um, oh, about the concept yeah, of hell, isn't it? Because, like, for so many people, um, you know, I mean, the common belief, um, you know, well, around large, large number of people, um, it can tend to be that, yeah, that basically that whole fear of death is surrounded by the fact that people feel they're going to go to hell mm. and burn forever. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing is that the Bible has, um, has the truth in every space of that about the fact that death is a sleep. That you know the breath goes back to God, and and that our bodies, you know, um, remain in the earth until Jesus comes, basically, and He gives that breath of life back again. Mm. And that's the beauty of the resurrection. I mean, if we were going to either hell or heaven, then there is no need for Jesus to come back again. Really, isn't that the way that you see yeah. that as if, well? If we like, died and immediately, and and this is something that Brad's going to touch on next time he speaks yeah. with us. But yeah, if we die and immediately go to these places, then the, it. it renders useless and unnecessary the second coming. The second coming, yeah. Brad will probably get into it. I want to talk about just one aspect of what he said. And one very key thing is that like hell as a finality, Mm. uh, you know, and the judgment as a finality, not as a place in which you go into and like, you know, burn eternally forever. But the Bible describing you know, it coming to an end. And that's simply Mm. because God hates sin. Mm -hmm. God hates death. Yes. God hates pain. Like the, you know, these various different things. And it's like, really, God hates all of these things and he wants to destroy them. Like he does not want them to exist anymore. Those things didn't exist before sin and he doesn't want them to exist after sin. And he wants humanity to experience what he created them for in a, and in a perfect world Absolutely. right at the start of Genesis. And so when, when Brad actually touched on Revelation 21 and, mm. you know, that's my f- favorite two chapters in the Bible. Mm. I actually often read it in bed at night just before I go to sleep as part of my devotional time, chapter 21 and 22, because that is the whole new earth re- recreated, you know. The mm. first two chapters in the Bible in Genesis are the perfect one. The last two in the Bible, in the, and so in Revelation, are, mm. are then another perfect world. Yeah, know? absolutely. And so what we see there, it's like God wants to recreate, the, you know, the world and give his creation the experience of a perfect universe. Why would he preserve a place like hell forever? And it, it just, it's not consistent with who he is and with his character. And this is the thing when you read these verses, it's like, you know, you go to Malachi chapter three, and he, he leaves them root nor branch. Oh, you know, you go to, yes. again, we read earlier, um, that they're, they're, they don't, they're not, um, they're not under everlasting punishing, but they've, they've received their everlasting mm-hmm. punishment, punishment, the punishment of death. That's right. Even you, you said it's earlier, Januta, John three sixteen. you know, oh. you'll have eternal life, life. And if you don't, you'll perish. Yes. Like what we see there is the opposite of eternal life isn't eternal life. And by eternal life, I mean eternally burning in hell. Yeah. The opposite of eternal life is 
death, death. the consequences of not being which came in pure, through sin because of sin that's right yeah. the, the consequences of the presence of sin is that you die no. not that you live forever and so again in an eternally burning hell but this is the thing and this is this is an area that Brad didn't touch on and I just want to just want to add a little bit there is one verse in the entire bible uh, you know, there's some verses that infuse, but there's one verse where it seems to clearly say that, hey, hell burns forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is Revelation chapter 14. And let me, Revelation 14, and it's like 10 and 11. I'm just pulling it up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the Bible says this, it says, He himself shall also drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of the... Uh, his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And their smoke and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark in his name. So it says, mm. and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever and they have no rest day or night. So people read this and they say, okay, this is talking about clearly in eternally burning hell. And that's what, what it seems like. The, yeah. the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And, it, and it's the same thing in the other verse that, that Brad brought up as well. You know, mm. that there's the, the day and night forever and ever from Revelation that he was reading as mm. well. But then, oh, what is um, so, like, clear, what, what the Bible makes so clear is that when it uses this framing uh, and this phrasing in regards to the destruction of the wicked is that, it is not talking about a fire that burns mm. forever. That's right. Um, it's talking about it. it and Brad did touch on this that it, that it is Has quenched. An end point. Yep. But I just want to look at a specific verse that uses this like identical language. I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 34, verse nine and ten. Isaiah 34, verse nine and ten. I'll just pull it up here. Isaiah 34, 9 and 10, where the Bible says, this is talking about the destruction of Edom, mm-hmm. um, where the Bible says, its streams shall be turned into pitch, and its dust shall be into brimstone, its land shall be burning pitch, and it shall not be quenched. We saw that language there. It shall not be quenched um, day or night, and its smoke shall ascend forever. Mm. From generation to generation, it shall lie waste. No one shall pass through it forever and ever. So, again, we see here it says that it, its smoke will be ascending forever. The exact same language that's used in Revelation. Yep. But the key question I ask that just really kind of cuts through, you know, the perspective that this is talking about an eternally burning hell, it's this. Is Edom burning today? That, that's exactly it. There's, there's the same thing as about Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, it yeah. even talks about Jerusalem yep, in the same way absolutely. in the book of Jeremiah. It says, yep. you know, it has send, uh, smoke that ascends forever and whatnot. Yep. And, and the, the question, answer is no, no. It's not still continuing. That's it's it. not still burning. We see this burning, this destruction come to an end. So we see, again, we can make an entire case from yep. every other verse. It's like, okay, it's a finality. But then we have these outlying verses. It's like, well, what does that mean? It seems to imply the opposite, but we can use the Bible. We can use the context to make a consistent argument. The Bible isn't contradicting itself here. Mm-mm, not it, at all. We just need to be able to, to, to do the research, to pull these verses together and ultimately to come to a beautiful conclusion that God judges his people oh, in the best way. In a fair way. In a fair, in a fair way. and loving, he's not gonna, compassionate. He's not going to burn you forever for a limited life of sin. No, he wants to end 
He wants to end suffering. He wants mm. to end sin. And you have a decision today. Because he's compassionate and slow him. to anger. Absolutely. Yeah. You can pick him and you don't have to go through that. Not at all. That's the exciting thing, isn't it? In mm. every possible way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Hey, Lawson, we're going to continue our Bible study time with Ephesians uh, chapter 4. Sorry, chapter 6. I was looking at um, September 4 on my thing that I had just written down. That was yesterday. But it's actually Ephesians chapter 6 that we're actually going to. And we're actually unpacking here what Paul has actually written Looking at, looking overall at the advice to parents, which is a segment on the whole thing this week. We're looking at practicing supreme loyalty to Christ. And yesterday, of course, so last week we unpacked the whole marriage concept. Now Paul moves on to yesterday he moved advice to the children and now he moves on to advice to parents. And so we're particularly mm. looking at one verse here in this spot. But the interesting thing is too, is that we've got to also take it in the context of what Paul is actually saying and why he's actually saying that. And so maybe if we can actually read Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, mm-hmm. um, and it says here, and you fathers, do mm-hmm. actually well, if we go from verse 1 so that we put it back into the context from Ephesians 6 verse 1. Do you want to read that yeah, for us? Yeah, I, I got it. Uh, here we go. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not promote your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Mm. And so, of course, he takes that there, verse 2 and 3. Paul actually takes that from Exodus 20, verse 12, where he's actually taking it from the Ten Commandments mm. that were actually given right back um, on Mount Sinai. And, of course, it bears that whole, you know, when we honour our parents and respect them and obey them, we're really bearing witness to God, aren't we? Like of what God is, and our, and it's about our relationship mm. to God and obedience to Him. Mm-hmm. That's what much like with the marriage, where Paul actually gives the marriage analogy that we have in the physical form here. When I say physical form, as human beings, of how it impacts our, you know, how we're to be one mm. emotionally, financially, um, sexually, spiritually, in all those spaces, we're to be united as one. He then uses that analogy of the church and vice versa, and now. He's actually using this whole family analogy further going down, you know, into the with the children and the parents. Mm. And so what we're actually looking at here with with um, parents is giving advice to the parents. But actually, let's have a look at what motivation actually um, he gives as well. Looking at Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. Have you got that one there too? Colossians chapter 3. So only a couple of books over if you're actually opening your Bibles um, and you're still learning where to find them in the Bible. So you once you've got Ephesians 2 books first further over is Colossians chapter 3 and verse 31. Can you read that yeah, one for uh, us? Yeah, classic verse here. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Oh, what do you think that one's saying to you? What jumps out at you in a really big vein? Because oh. that word provoke is huge, mm-hmm. isn't it, too? But what jumps out for you? I um, I, I reflect on my childhood. I I was I, I got to speak yesterday at at uni, and and I was asked to share. There's a class there. It's called uh, Introduction to a Christian Worldview, and I talked about my experience changing worldviews, um, mm. and and kind of the the philosophy and the idea behind that. But I talked about 
the worldview that I inherited from my dad. I like, and whatnot. So that kind of brought up me talking about my dad, but I was just reflecting recently and like, I love my dad so much. Like I, my dad is just awesome. He's, he's so great. And something that he really did for us is he just, he just backed us. Like he, he just, that's powerful. He just had our backs. Like whatever we wanted to do, whatever we wanted to achieve. Cause I, I think dad really modeled to us this, this, uh, this hard working, determined attitude. Mm -hmm. And I, we were all, me and my sisters, very inspired by that. And as a result. And that is reflecting on how you are these days. I (laughs) see that. Like, you know, you are. You're so committed in every space. Yeah. But, you know, particularly in the space of ministry, but you're a really committed young guy. Well, my, my sisters as well, like they're very successful in their various endeavors and whatnot. And that's because of this, this model that was given us to our dad by like, if you work hard, like you can. You reap the benefits of it. Yeah. That's right. Um, and for my dad, like the way that he modeled that to us was not being strict. Like mm. my dad wasn't sitting there saying, you need to try harder. You need he, my dad definitely pulled us up. Like when we were being bad, when we were being lazy, like, and whatnot, like, you. like absolutely. In a loving but way. <laughs> at the same time, he's not standing there saying, oh, you're bad. You're bad. You're worthless. Da, 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 da. He would just be backing. Like he would just be encouraging us. He'd just being like, like he would hold us to a high standard. Like he'd say like, you, you can do this. But, but again, from that perspective of it's like, oh, like you can achieve big. But encouraging. Be, yeah. Yeah. So don't don't think that you're not able to do things. Don't think that you're worthless. Don't think that yeah, you're that's a nobody. Right. Actually put the hard work in it and you'll reap the benefits. Which is unfortunately something that I saw when I was younger, like when I was particularly involved in a lot of sport and when I was especially racing motorbikes and you'd see dads on the sideline with their kids saying stuff like, oh, come on, mate, you just got to try harder. Oh, if you were just better at riding and da-da-da-da-da. Like dad would never do that to me. Wow. Like that, like, cause I put so much pressure on myself already. And I think most kids are like, we really, we don't, we want to do well. It's mm-hmm. embarrassing to not do well. It's, mm-hmm. imba- you know, th- these kinds of things. Um, for me, dad would be there like, Oh, Lawson, like you got this man. Like you yep. got, like Lawson, you, you have the capacity to do this. And so instead of being provoked, you know, being, being told, you know, being belittled, being, uh, which is ultimately discouraging. Dad would be encouraging. And so we see here in Colossians chapter three and verse 21, again, fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged here. We see that, uh, again, when we provoke the, you know, when, when children are provoked, it, it does take a real shot. It can take a real shot at their confidence. Absolutely. Rather what's being, uh, explained here is, is, hey, like, don't provoke your children to wrath, but rather encourage them. Um, enable them to feel as though that they have the ability to go and to do things and achieve. And obviously as well, mixed into a Christian context here, not on their own two feet, but in the power of the Lord. In the power of the Lord. And the interesting thing here is we've got to ask ourselves, why is Paul particularly bringing this up? Mm. Other than the fact also that he is actually trying to give us this picture of the church and unity and how we're meant to actually do it both, you know, one affects the church church way impacts how we actually look at marriage mm. and family and vice versa and here's the thing we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 21 yeah. 
Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verses 18 to 21 gives us a really, this passage particularly gives us a really clear background of the Old Testament ways that, you know, that people live with. So in the home, the father was, of course, considered to be the authority figure. We touched on that last week, didn't we? The fact mm. as to why Paul was then actually talking about the husbands and wives situation. And, but, you know, in that culture, particularly still, you know, the men were typically seen as, as, as having authority. And so the interesting thing is he's now saying, fathers, don't provoke, you know, your sons to anger. And what does he mean by that? Because here the interesting thing is in Deuteronomy, it actually gives us that background to what was able to happen if a son didn't actually obey the father. Do you want to read that for us? Yeah, so in Deuteronomy 21, what's the verse? Verse 18 verse to 21. 18 to 21. The Bible says, If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and who, when they have chastened him, will not heed them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city, to the gate of the city. And they shall say to the elders of the city, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to Mm. death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Isn't it like... Shocking. That is intense, bro. Oh, my gosh. Big, big, So, yeah, they could whip them. They could actually terrorize them. But here it's saying, hey, if if they continue to be stubborn and they're really bad, take them out and the community can basically stone your son. Mm. Now, there were obviously no laws there about murder in the way that we have today. In the same kind of way, I'm just saying, because it was a, it well, was a contextual cult- yeah. cultural thing, though, about stoning. But, yeah, I, but I think... at the same time... Go on, go on. Oh, I was just going to touch on this. Like, like Israel did have the law, thou shalt not murder. You know, Absolutely in the, in the, in the they did. But death was seen, this isn't murder, but rather a civil penalty yes. for, for crime. And this is, like, largely because they didn't have the ability to... Take prisoners and and whatnot, and so and so death as a civil penalty was was utilized. Um, and here, you know, we read a, a passage like this, and I think we assume that oh, every son that was naughty was the suggestion was like take them out and stone them to death. But it's talking about a context in which they're stubborn, they're rebellious, That's they're right. a glutton, and they're a drunkard. So we're looking at a son here who maybe is not necessarily just like a small child, but mm-hmm. um. In, in a bit of a you know older age, and uh, the what's what's being shown here especially is is a maximum punishment. And I can imagine like again one of the punishments for stealing was like a, max, a maximum punishment was was the death penalty. Yeah. Um, it, it, that was that was one of the civil penalties of Israel. And what we're seeing here is hey, even if that person is your son and and you catch them. Like there is a need for discipline as well. Of course, these cases would be tried. You know, it wouldn't well, just and be. And the elders were involved here. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a decision that wasn't made lightly because yeah. elders were actually involved as well. It wasn't just you know the the father and the mother that fully made that decision. It was a it was it was a, like you could say almost like a council. You know, the elders were actually involved in this, and that you know there was respect for the elders. So mm. yeah, just fascinating stuff. Um, you know that we actually see here in God's word, which is why. Paul then 
brings it in from a different angle again. And- You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Yeah, take it away, Lawson, with our last quiz question for today, please. Here we go. What animal spoke to Balaam? Ah, that's such what a cool story. What animal spoke to Balaam? <laughs> Balaam, he was a prophet. He had, unfortunately, he sold himself out, you know, in prophecy to try and, you know, in, in his role as a prophet to try and curse the, the children of Israel. Uh, but rather, he ends up... Um, he ends up blessing them, but there's a key aspect. You know, his real turning point is uh, there's an animal that speaks to him. If you know the animal, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win thirty weeks the joy by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer. We'll give you that book absolutely for free. We've already got answers coming through have this morning. Coming through. Oi, good yeah. texters this year. That's awesome. Isn't that beautiful? He, he writes in. I go to church every day. Because I listen to Faith FM better than any church I've ever been uh, to. I learn so much more. I want to say this. I want to say thank you, David, for sending in a very encouraging message um, and that you're being so blessed by the radio. But what I also want to say is, like, the fact that we get to share Christian content on Faith FM, um, and I think a big thing for us, if I can be, you know, if we can be a little bit transparent here, when we come on the show every morning, we don't have a mandate of content. You know, Faith FM trusts us to to get on for Danuta, for myself, or for you know our producers and anyone who comes on and speaks to share what the Bible says. Um, mm-hmm. and it's so it's and amazing. That's our key is to go by the Bible and that's not stray right. from that. Absolutely. And so we get to uplift God's word and we get to share that with you guys and we are so blessed that you guys get to be mm-hmm. involved. But simultaneously, as much as we are blessed to participate in Faith of Him and to give you the sense, David, and, and I think many others, that, oh, man, we get to listen to amazing programming where we get to hear the Bible, also really want to encourage you, be involved in a local church community. Be involved in a local church community. Because that sense of belonging and purpose yep. actually gives you, um, you know, brings to life your Christian experience in a massive way, doesn't it, mm. really? Well, even furthermore, it, it brings alive your Christian experience because you live your Christian life not just for yourself. That's right. But for others and for the reaching of others. Absolutely. For the, for the ministry itself. And this is the key thing. This is like the key reason why church exists. You know, technically you can go and be a Christian and live by yourself and have a saving relationship with God. But to be honest, like I've never really seen that work. Uh, And furthermore, through the church, we have the ability to reach the world. A hundred percent. And I also love the analogy that my husband once said, you know, when we're giving Bible studies to, to some folk, um, and, and we've reused it many times, you know, it's a bit like, you know, when you've got fire and it goes down to the little coal bits, you know, it's just sizzling away. You take one of those away. It actually goes out on its own. It, it just mm, fizzles right mm-hmm. out. You put it back in still. It can actually catch fire when it's with, with the rest of those remaining bits of coal that, you know, yeah. um, that, that's there. And that's the same thing that I see it with church. You know, we, when we go along to church, and, and here's the thing, when we actually study God's word every day, which is why we want to encourage all of our listeners to be having that relationship with Jesus and to be opening the Bible and having that devotional time 
home every day. When mm. we actually do that, we come to church to actually give something and not so to true. gain so true. and actually sit in the pew and just gain from something. Because, you know, I've heard many times, and I've been there myself many years ago, that I felt I went to church and I came back empty, not feeling like mm. I got anything. And what was the key reason? I hadn't had that walking, living relationship right. with Jesus. But when I go to church and I've got a living relationship through the week, then I've actually got something to give in that That's space. right. And church so, becomes about others rather than about yourself, you know. And and at the same time, like bad preaching is bad preaching. And you know, they're like if if your churches in if your churches aren't preaching truth, if your if your churches then keep searching, then then like don't you know don't just be like oh well I guess I'm just going to stay here. Like no, like like find a church that preaches the truth. That's like it. find a church that that expounds the truth. That find a church that is missional, but simultaneously it's like again churches will never be good enough to serve all of our needs Mm. the the key thing for us is to find a church again that is ticking some of those boxes but then also that we can contribute to yeah absolutely uh, we can be a blessing 100 percent. hey just because our time's running out quickly as well and we could keep unpacking so much more with ephesians but we were just before we went to our last song we actually touched on deuteronomy 21 18 to 21 about the rebellious son and when they're rebellious the father and the mother can actually take them out to the elders in the city um and so they they that their son is a glutton and drunkard, did not obey the voice and can be stoned to death. Here the interesting thing mm. is too that back in that context it was actually that it generally referred to sons who actually resent, you know, had a resentment towards, um, you know, the laws of God to God's requirements, uh, which of course Israel took very seriously. Um, and also at the same time, you know, that they would then be, be disobeying, you know, their parents in their duty um, and in all sorts of ways. And so they, ch- they would try and chase them, so discipline them, try and correct them in every possible way before the punishment would actually happen. Now, here's the thing, mm. of course, that we mentioned as well, is that the decision wasn't made by the parents. It was actually also the men of the city, the young man would actually be taken out uh, carrying out of se- severe penalty was actually left to the f- not just to the father's judgment. It was actually the solemn mm. responsibility of the men of the city to discipline with severity um, within within the um, you know within the parent um, the sites of the parents you could say. Mm. And so, but but not the carrying out of the death penalty because other crimes that merited that the death penalty that actually came with mm. that. So um, you just really interesting stuff. And this is exactly why when we go back to Ephesians. And Colossians, what we actually said. This is why Paul actually advises quite differently. Mm. He advises differently because what we've got to remember is that is that you know there's there's um, believers that were from the Jewish background that had come from those beliefs that had actually come into Christianity as well. We've also got the Gentiles who'd come out of paganism, and so he's saying, "Hey, look, this is the way to go." And he's he's saying in, in his days, he's saying that that basically the the fathers. Um, are to to do it in the context of loyalty to Christ, which is why this week we're looking at loyalty to Christ. And when we're actually loyal to Christ, the way that children are disciplined are quite different. And I think of that with my childhood years. Our mother wouldn't spank us. Mm. She would actually talk to us and discuss it and mm. explain. And that's the love of the kind of father mm. and, and picture that Paul is even talking mm. about here in this way, um, you know, to not provoke but to do everything in a loving way towards your children. Yeah, man. Um, uh, like, <laughs> I love that. My parents would thank me, bro, because I, <laughs> I needed it. Like, I think, I think, but again, it, you know, 
these different punishments and whatnot. Abuse is abuse, and it's like yeah. awful. Um, but yeah, it's the reality is is again if we can sit in that encouraging way, despite the sca- like the the scale of uh, of punishment. Uh, or, or of discipline can can go quite high, like depending again, and I think that's what Deuteronomy here reveals. It's like if they, if your son is really being that that bad, there is a punishment for them that is reflective of their actions, which is like stoning to death, which is pretty intense. Mm. But at the same time, like there are some things that I did as a, ch- as a child, like or you know as, as a teenager, whatever, that was just awful. Like things that I, I feel ashamed about, like mm-hmm. some so, you know just some of the things like I like some of the things I said to my sisters. For example, da da da, where I was just really mean and awful to them. Mm. I feel. I'm glad I wasn't your sister. No, man, my sisters and (laughs) I, we have a fantastic relationship. (laughs) On on Sunday, actually, it was Father's Day. Called up my dad, but then I called up my mom, called up my sisters. Like, you know, just had great. Like, I have a fantastic relationship with my sisters. But this is because, man, like, I, like, just being a young guy. Um, surrounded by sisters, you know, and, and, you know, it's just like some of the words that came out of my mouth, some of the things I said to them were just so mean, so awful. Mm. And my dad was there to discipline me and mm. to show me like, this is not right. As a result of that, I have a fantastic relationship Isn't with my beautiful? sisters. Yep. Like I, I, th- I and love them. And he would have disciplined you in such a loving way because that's 100%. the thing, you know, uh, yeah, tough, tough love as they call that's it. That's right. Tough love. <laughs> but now because of that, it's created a context in my family right. where there is love, there's encouragement, there's everything we could need. And that's because, and you know, as I think simply as the Bible said, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. Um, and you know, spoiling children goes a long way to ruining their lives ultimately. Yeah, anyways, hey, we're going to continue on with the show. Fantastic things we've been talking about. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Are you looking for better TV? Station partner Hope Channel Australia focuses on faith, health, relationships and community. It's television that will change your life. Visit hopechannel.com forward slash au. That's hopechannel.com forward slash au to find out more. Hey, look where we're going, Lawson. We've got our quiz question answers that we need at the moment so that we know what people have placed in and how they've gone. Yeah, absolutely. The book of Revelation describes this as the second death. It was C, death and hell cast into the lake of fire, which is actually what we're talking about. We were talking about with Brad. With with Brad, that's that's right. right. Uh, The next one here, I am a commander of the army of the king of Syria. I didn't feel I was being respected by the Lord's prophet. That was none other than Naaman. Yes, yeah. And with the prophet Elisha, you want to listen to him to go and dip into the the Jordan. He's like, what about the Tigris of the Euphrates, man? Like, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) like, we have these beautiful rivers. Why would I go and dip into this junk And of course, because he had leprosy. And he said, like, go seven times and the spots will be cleared. I love his servants, though. Who do you think I am? His servants are just like, bro, like... Like, what's your problem? 
It's like this will cure your incurable disease. That's like it. just go and do it. Um, it. The third question here: How many unclean spirits are mentioned in the Revelation chapter sixteen? That was three. There are three unclean spirits, like frogs. The Bible says. Mm. Uh, complete the verse. The Harley. The sorry. The harvest. <laughs> <Harley>. tru- the <laughs> Harley. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers, laborers are, are few. few. That's right. That's all about reaching the world, isn't it? Like you know that when we when we've come to the Lord, we're really called to actually um, take the message to everybody. And the harvest is about that whole time, the reaping time before Jesus comes. You know, of of being ready for when He comes. Hey, mm. and so yeah. Absolutely. And then finally here, what animal spoke to Balaam? And it was Eeyaw. a donkey. I, I kind of said in the, I kind of said in, you know, giving us some info while we were, you know, uh, getting through what the question was. And I say, oh, this, you know, could be considered a turning point for Balaam. Uh, Braden points out here, he says, not sure I would say it was a t- he had a turning point. He was told that if he went, he would not get to speak. Uh, he would not get to speak, but God would speak through him. Even after witnessing all that, he went off and worked with the Midianites to seduce Israel into licentiousness and idolatry. And, you know, I was looking through as well, like Balaam is often referenced in the New Testament too, is like the doctrine of Balaam, which is being in love with, with money. And I think for me, the, the key thing here is like, you know, Balaam, despite rebelling from God, right? I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, actually, Balaam was a good guy. Like, no, 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 no. no. Like, like, it uses his name, you know, in the New Testament multiple times to describe something that's bad. Yes. But rather, like, I think what I see here is that Balaam was pre- presented an option. Mm. You know, like he, at this point, like he was a prophet for the Lord. Then he started mm. to rebel. Mm. He started to do the wrong thing. And he could have just walked that track into his death. But I think mm. the, the one of the key reasons why the story of Balaam is mentioned is that like it shows here clearly God's like, okay, well, you have another option here. You, yeah, can, yeah. you can do something different. And, Absolutely. And even though he goes and works in the Midianites, like he blesses Israel, but... And and it's like oh like may again maybe at this point like he'll he'll change tack yeah but unfortunately he doesn't. <laughs> doesn't that's the thing he, he, he doesn't just, eh? you know in the words if we can bring it into uh, if we can bring it into twenty twenty three if we can bring it into the the young hip language. He just kept Love chasing it. the bag, you know. He just kept <laughs> yeah, he kept it. chasing the bag. He just wanted to get paid. Yes, and yes. Uh, unfortunately, it led to you know his ultimate his ultimate like his death and you know being in rebellion to God as well. Yeah, no, in every way. And I love the fact how the donkey said to him, well, like, why are you beating me? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you beating me? Why are you me? doing this Can you imagine me? the strange reaction? Like, you're on a donkey, hey, and mm-hmm. then just suddenly it starts talking, an animal that just never talks. But, yeah, that whole story around all of that is 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 really quite interesting. But, um, yeah, and David sent in another text too saying, you know, I love the fellow, his fellowship where he actually goes to his church as well. And mm. We love that because, like we were saying earlier, we feel it's really important that, um, you know, wherever possible to be able to go and worship in a faith community um, that follows God's word too particularly. Just keep searching out the truths of God. Mm. Um, don't compromise on things that, that are not according to God's word, you know, and sometimes that, that, that can be hard. Sometimes family members will say, what are you doing that for? But really don't ever compromise. God loves you immensely and he wants you, wants the absolute, absolute very best for you in 
every way. We've come to the end of the breakfast show all too fast. Once again, we've had a great time. We hope that you have as well. But before we go, Lawson, what's our giveaway for today? And get your numbers ready. Get your text ready. 0491064669. You can text us the word book or gift. Just something quick. It doesn't have to be a whole line. What's our giveaway for today, please? Yeah, absolutely. So our giveaway today, we've been talking about discipline this morning and disciplining children. I don't have a book that's about disciplining children, (laughs) but I do have a book about discipleship. Oh, that's such a good book Becoming a disciple of God. It's called Following the Spirit, Disciple Making, Movement Building, and Church Planting Today by Peter Ronfeld. That is such a good book. It's incredible. You might hear those words, oh, church planting, you're like, I'm not here to you know, um, plant churches. But what this is actually getting at, it, sure, it has information about this, but it's also how can I, as we've been talking about today, how can I participate in my church? Yes. How can I be a part of the movement of the church, whether I'm a pastor or a plumber or a layperson or, or, a, a, or a student or a, you're a teenager or whatever it may be, if you want to know how it is that you can be involved with God's mission, how you can be a disciple of Jesus Christ, yes. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Be the first texter through on that number, and we'll give you this book absolutely for free. Just text us "book" and we'll give that one to you again. That number zero four nine one zero six four six six. And remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Counsel's guide uphold you with the sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.